Christmas can be a really hard day. I know a lot of you have had wonderful Christmases and you're kind of coming off of the, wow, this was a great season. But I know that some of you really struggle around the holiday season. And it seems that, you know, we we look forward to Christmas, but then it also can highlight the dreams that we had that didn't pan out. Maybe teens aren't excited about their tradition or kids were selfish about the presents that you got them. Or maybe your adult kids didn't come home again this year. Maybe one of your kids uh, still isn't talking to you. Maybe your husband or wife didn't listen very well to your gifting hints that you had hoped. The list of disappointments can be quite long. And if this is you, you're not alone. The world's going to bring its troubles, but God has not left us without hope. And today we're going to talk about that. Listen in for some encouragement. He is the lifter of your head. This is Heidi St. John, and you have found me at the Off the Bench podcast. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I am very, very happy. I hope you guys enjoyed. You'll have to let me know listening to me reading some Christmas stories with my daughter, Sailor. We actually went through several stories from our friends at Big Sky Books, and uh, I'm going to continue I think this is a great time of year to find Christmas stories that you can tuck away for next year, read them to your kids. I love doing that. And uh, it's been a huge blessing to our family to be able to read together to our kids. Speaking of reading together, you guys, I have a little preview for you. If you're watching this on YouTube uh, or Rumble, check it out. You guys, look what I'm holding, hitting my microphone. Look what I'm holding in my hands. This is my brand new book from Brave Books. It's called The Mouse and the Sea. And just before Christmas, the team from Brave came out and we filmed a series of commercials and some other fun things for the release of The Mouse and the Sea. And uh, this is a story about uh, not doing things by yourself and just teaching our kids that it's okay to ask for help. And in fact, what we want to do when we need help is go to those people that God has put in our lives that are closest to us and uh, friendships, you know, circles of friends and our family. Hope you guys really love it. It's really, really, really beautifully illustrated. And uh, you guys know me. I'm a huge fan of of children's books. I love what Brave Books is doing. And partly because they are giving Scholastic Books a run for their money. And so if you guys haven't signed up yet with Brave, uh, I hope that you'll do that and uh, check it out. Because if you sign up with their Freedom Island Book Club, the first book that you're going to get for free in that subscription is my brand new book. The Mouse in the Sea. So check it out. The Mouse in the Sea uh, releases on January 1st from bravebooks.com. You can subscribe to the Freedom Island Book Club and you'll get a new book every single month that is going to continually give you opportunities to develop your child's character and talk about things that really matter while you read stories. Jesus taught in stories. Parables were a huge deal to Jesus and uh, story is powerful. So I hope you guys will check it out. If you've got grandkids or young children in your home, uh, I read The Mouse and the Sea to my grands, and it was a hoot and holler and good time. So I hope that you guys will check it out at bravebooks.com. All right. So I want to I want to just lean in for a minute. Some of you had a great Christmas season and, you know, everything's coming up roses and, you know, the hills are alive and all the things. But I know because I'm hearing from you that there are several of you who are just like, you know what, Christmas, schmishmas, like. My kids got married a couple of years ago, and this year was my off year, and so I spent Christmas by myself. And some of you are getting older. I know many of you have uh, lost loved ones this year. And in fact, I think I told you guys a couple of days before Christmas that uh, 
I lost a good friend of mine and we're still kind of reeling over the news and it can be difficult. So the first thing I want to just encourage you to do is not to just sit still in that disappointment. It's okay to acknowledge it. It's all right to grieve over what you wish you would have had, but what actually is what you got. And then ask the Lord to help you with your sadness. Ask the Lord to sort of lean into what you are going through and invite the Lord into it because he loves you. It's so important. I I remember uh, when our kids started moving out of our house and, you know, they've got, you know, spouses and, and family members and that kind of thing. Now, other family, like extended family, my kids have extended family. And the very first Christmas that I ever decorated, because I always really look forward to Christmas, right? Christmas decorations. I told you guys, I'm the girl that like, for goodness sake, like in October, I'm just like, you know, bringing out every fall decoration I possibly can. I cannot stand Halloween. And so I just jump into all things Thanksgiving. I love all the twinkly lights. I love all of that stuff. And I'd always brought my kids into it with me. Well, the first year that Savannah wasn't at home and I had always planned this sort of, you know, Saturday is going to be our our decorating day and I'm going to make, you know, apple cider and we're going to play Christmas music and you guys can help me figure out how we're going to decorate the house and all those things. Well, with each child moving out, that has become harder and harder and harder for me. And I realized that it wasn't a good thing for me to sit in that sort of sadness or what, what it really was, was a longing for things that I used to have that I no longer had. And it was wounding for me. It was, um, it made me melancholy, but worse than that, it, it, that melancholy that I was feeling was sort of spilling over to my other, uh, my other kids, some of the kids who were still left at home, that kind of thing. And I really had to wrestle that that through with the Lord. Uh, some of you have written in to me about just, you know, everyone says that Christmas is going to be so wonderful, but then your kids fight on Christmas morning and uh, things don't go the way you want them to. And then at the end of the day, it's that sort of letdown that we feel. And I think it's okay to grieve it, but we do not want to stay in that place. We don't want to stay in a place of feeling frustrated and maybe even, heaven forbid, taking that frustration out on the people who are around us. Uh, we need to remember that the Lord knows what is best for us and God chooses to allow uh, how things are going to turn out. And he wants things in our lives to give him glory and he wants to work those things out for our good. One of the things that I am absolutely loving right now as I am uh, finished with my uh, Bible study on Esther, and of course I write those in advance so that we can release them to you. And as the Lord has been uh, Working in my heart as I've been studying the book of Esther, one of the things that I was reminded of was that God is rarely early, but he's never late. And I was thinking about this in relationship to Esther because you get to the end of the book of Esther and you learn very quickly in her story that Persian law was binding. And so even the king could not change a law. If the king decreed something and that decree went out, there was no changing it. Same thing was true uh, in Esther, even though uh, Esther was able to expose the plot that Haman had to annihilate the Jews. At the end of the day, King Xerxes was powerless to change that law. He could not change it. It was already, it had already been set in motion. And this was what the verse that I, it, so the king could not abolish the existing law. So instead, 
he made provision for the Jews. He allowed them to be able to defend themselves. So starting in verse 11, it says this, by these letters, the king permitted this. So this is this new provision that he wrote for the Jews uh, in, in, this, uh, in these letters. And he permitted the Jews who were in every city to gather together and protect their lives, to destroy, even kill, and annihilate all the forces of any people or province that would assault them both little children and women, and to plunder their possessions. On one day in all the provinces of King Xerxes, on the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar, a copy of the document was to be issued as a decree in every province and published for all people so that the Jews would be ready on that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. The couriers who rode on royal horses went out, hastened and pressed on by the king's command, and the decree was issued in the Sushan uh, citadel. Now, this was interesting because although the king allowed the Jews to plunder their enemies, if you read Esther uh, chapter 9, verse 10, it says that they chose not to. They chose not to do that. And their example was seen by all the people around them. Starting in verse 15, so Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel, because now by now, you know, uh, Haman's plot has been foiled and everything that Haman had was given to Esther and Mordecai, which, you know, wow. I mean, what a, what's, that's some poetic justice right there for you. So he's out in the royal court, uh, dressed up in blue and white, with a great crown of gold and garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Sushan rejoiced and was glad the Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. And in every province and city, wherever the king's command and decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a holiday. And then many of the people of the land became Jews because the fear of the Jews fell upon them. And so notice how the response of the Jews worked to their advantage. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. People wanted to be like them. And you guys, people are watching us. People are watching how we deal with disappointment. They watch our lives, our speech, our actions, our marriages, our families. And I hope that we can lead like Mordecai and the Jews of his time and to do that with joy and gladness. It's so important that we be able to uh, not allow the enemy of our soul to steal the joy that God wants us to have. So we know that these, the choices that we have to respond to this First, we respond to the Lord. We look to the Lord in our, in our sadness and our disappointment because our job is to trust the Lord and bring glory to him in all things. So why not do that even when our dreams don't pan out? I think it's especially important. And to ask the Lord, okay, Father, how can I redeem this? What can I do with the hurt and the pain that I have? Because it's easy, I think, especially for parents, right? And if, uh, if you've got adult children that are frustrating you or you're feeling like, some of the stuff was even done, you know, neg negatively toward you on purpose. Our responses are up to us. And God's goodness 
And the measure of joy in our life that we get is a fruit of the spirit. It's not defined by our circumstances. You guys have heard me say this many times before, that joy is not dependent on what happens to us or even around us. Joy in our lives is the unmistakable sign of the presence of God at work in our lives. And we can be certainly disappointed, but we don't want to have that disappointment form a writ of bitterness in our hearts to where then we are acting in a way that's ungodly and unhelpful, especially to our children who are watching. Because the truth is our children are taking their cues from us. And one of the things that I have been working on, and and Alyssa and I were talking about this oh, probably a couple of weeks ago, there've been a lot of changes, you know, of course, in our in uh, my life and certainly in the ministry here at Friendly Planted Family over the last several months, uh, especially the last two years, you know, during my run for Congress and then, um, you know, releasing a book and then moving into a new building. And I reached a point where I was just uh, burned out. And as the months and days went by, I realized that I was coming to work here from the planet with a bit of a um, a spirit of anger in my heart. Like I was angry about some things that I was just struggling with and still didn't understand and never got resolution for. And I realized that that anger, not like in a biting, screaming way, but it starts to build resentment, doesn't it? And I think we can allow things in our life, whether it's, you know, my disappointment over how the holidays that I worked so hard to create this beautiful environment for my children to enjoy, and they didn't seem to enjoy it. Or I tried so hard for this or so hard for that, and it didn't work out. And I just don't understand why. And no one pays attention to me. And I stayed up so late. And me, 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 and I, 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 and the me monster. And pretty soon, you've lost sight of why we do the things we do in the first place. And I was starting to lose sight of that. And so I really took it before the Lord and I was convicted that I needed to exhibit a heart of not only gratefulness because I was grateful, but that should, that should be, that should come out of me. It should, it it should show up in joy. It should show up in how I treat other people. And so when my staff comes to work here or when I'm having a conversation with my children, I don't want them to see this, you know, beat up frustrated, tired old woman that happens to be their mother or their employer or their friend. I want my kids and my friends and my staff to see a woman who's controlled and guided by the Holy Spirit. And that should be what we want. We should want that in our lives. We want to lean into the Lord, not away from him. And so when life doesn't make sense, when our dreams don't come true, When we feel like Christmas just ran us over and left us on the side of the road for dead, and for all you know, New Year's Eve, your New Year's Eve parties are going to go the same way, the Lord says, Look up. Keep your eyes on me. Lean into me. Don't lean away from him. Trust him and obey him, just like Esther did. And remember that God is always at work for his glory and for our good. And so, my word, I'm not going to tell you my word yet. I'm going to tell you my word on January 1st. I've been sort of telling you. I probably did let it leak. Anyway, I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell you on January 1st. (laughs) But I have a word that the Lord gave me for 2024. And I'd love to hear what your words are. You guys can reach out to me. In fact, I'm going to put it in a poll today over at Spotify. I'd love to ask the question, is there a word that God's put on your heart for 2024? And what is that word? 
and how can you uh, do the thing that God's asked you to do? So I've been really asking the Lord to move in my heart and help me be the friend and the staff director and the podcaster and the speaker and the mother and the wife that I know that God wants me to be. Joy, you guys, is not dependent on your circumstances. It's the unmistakable sign of the presence of God at work in your life. And so if you're listening to this today and your holidays have not been what you wanted them to be, don't let yourself be overwhelmed. Right? This is, this is, uh, this is David. You know, why, why so downcast, oh, my soul? Look up because the Lord wants to move in your life. God wants to fill you with the fruit of his spirit, which is joy. We don't often talk about joy, but Christians should be marked by it, right? We should be the first ones to offer um, a welcome to a new person that comes to our business or to our churches or into our neighborhoods. The first ones to say, hey, um, my name is, you know, introduce yourself. I'm so glad that you're here. We should be marked with joy. And so if you're having a hard time smiling at people, if you're, you know, my kids are one of my kids to me, you know, I'm grumpy face the other day. If, if, if grumpy is your default right now, take it to the Lord, because that's not what God would have for you. I want to end today by reading out of first Peter chapter four, starting in verse 12, beloved, don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But here's that word, you guys, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ. So now he's going to turn his attention to people who are being persecuted for the name of Jesus. And even in this, he says, rejoice. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. So he's saying, it's on you. If you're going to suffer because of your own actions, you were a murderer or a thief or an evildoer, or you've meddled and you brought something on yourself, that's you. He's saying, if you didn't bring this on yourself, then we should rejoice. We should have the spirit of God inside of us. James chapter one, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Over and over and over again, the Bible teaches us to be thankful, to be uh, rejoicing, even when we're frustrated, to live lives that are free from, uh, from uh, selfishness and ungodliness. God says to live a godly life in this present age while we wait for the Lord to return. Joy, men and women, is not dependent on your circumstance. It's got nothing to do with, with how well Christmas got, came, you know, how well Christmas went. It has nothing to do with what's going to happen on New Year's Eve. It has everything to do with our posture. It's a heart posture before the Lord. And God sees the condition of our heart. And so I just want to encourage you uh, as we as we wind down here in 2023, it's been a, a very interesting year. I mean, a lot has happened. This time last year, I was getting ready for a pretty extensive surgery that took me months to recover from. We uh, we got the Homeschool Resource Center this year. We've had several uh, really amazing, joyful things happen, and we've had some really hard things happen too. The same thing will happen in 2024. We don't know what's going to happen in 2024, but we know that whatever is coming, God is already there, and he would have us be filled with the fruit of the Spirit. 
and evidence of his spirit alive in our life is joy. Joy is not dependent on your circumstances. Joy is the unmistakable sign of the presence of God at work in your life. We are so thankful for you as we wrap up 2023 here at the podcast. I just want to say again how thankful I am for your steadfast listenership. For those of you who have encouraged us throughout this year, for those of you who have written into the podcast, who have prayed for us, who have sent in financial contributions to Firmly Planted Family, God is doing something very unique here in Vancouver, Washington, in the homeschool community and in the Christian community at large, uh, largely, I think, because of your prayers. I have been moved to tears so many times this year because I realize as I'm getting older, especially prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. And uh, I'm hoping to see more of God uh, answers to prayer, more of God in my life, more of God in your life. I'd love to hear from you. If you guys have questions or show ideas, you know how to do it. Go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. You can also go to HeidiStJohn.com and check out the website there. Lots of things to look at. We've got a brand new Bible study coming up for you in the month of January. So in just a couple of days, if you guys want to join me, now is the time to join that Bible study. I think you're going to love it. I have loved writing it and I'm going to love teaching it to you as well. And so hope you will check that out at faiththatspeaks.com. Ask yourself in 2024, if your faith found its voice, what would God have you say? I appreciate you guys listening to this. Love your people well today. Thank you so much for your faithful listenership, and I will see you right back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and